This is DeFi Alpha. Um, I am co-lead at Umami Finance, and we have the um, very cool Merkle Crab uh, from Banksa joining us. This is an uh, AMA we've been really excited for. Banksa is an awesome, um, awesome group, awesome company doing um, really exciting things, you know, across uh, the sort of the blockchain ecosystem, but certainly on Arbitrum, um, very exciting plans. And with that, uh, Merkle Crab, are you, uh, do you want to introduce yourself and um, then we can, we can start talking a little bit about Banksa? Yes, thank you very much, DeFi Alpha. So Merkel Crab here from Banksa. Very excited to be joining the team today to talk all things Umami, Arbitrum, and especially Fiat and, and how we get the next billion people into our awesome ecosystem. So thanks for having me on the line today. Yeah, and thank thank you for joining. And really, let's let's talk about Fiat. We're we're certainly uh, certainly keen to help onboard those those next billion people. Um, and you know, maybe just to to help uh, familiarize people, we can talk a little bit about both of our projects. So, you know, I'll give a very quick overview of Umami and then hand it over to you. We we focus. Um, we see ourselves as playing a role in in onboarding new users, you know, particularly to the Arbitrum network. So we uh, trying to build a really user friendly and you know low risk um, but high return uh, product that that gives people. Um, you know, including sort of non-crypto native folks exposure to uh, upside from the Arbitrum ecosystem and, and really sort of more broadly this this big macro trend of TBL migration from mainnet to the L2 scaling chains, which Arbitrum is one of. So, you know, we, uh, we've been working with Banksa for, you know, quite, quite some time. We've, we've had an open dialogue and, you know, really excited to be integrating some of their very, uh, very cool, very user-friendly um, technologies for fiat crypto on-ramping into our own product. And I know that, you know, they're, they're working with a number of other uh, projects throughout the Arbitrum ecosystem. So I think, you know, with that, um, Merkle Crab, do you want to kind of give people an overview of, of what Banks is all about? And, and also then we can talk a bit about what you're doing specifically on Arbitrum. Absolutely. Happy to. Um, so, so Banks is best described as a plug and play fiat on off ramp. Uh, so we're really designed for, you know, the, I don't know what everyone thinks about this term, but we, we, we like it. We're, we're designed for the Web3 world. Uh, and, and that's a world where, you know, we've got a long tail of builders and projects um, emerging out and growing over time um, who primarily are building something that's that's protocol centric, uh, that's really adding value at that layer uh, in, in order to really get access to that same kind of audience um, by size and really be competitive with these centralized projects. Um, at the end of the day, you know, these projects are going to need access to a mainstream audience at some point and, and access to that mainstream audience comes through uh, access to that, the fiat payment rails. Um, so, so we're really excited by the model we've got. Um, we've got some great partners, obviously, inside centralized exchanges um, and then across Web3, uh, particularly excited by our, the work we're doing with, with uh, decentralized exchanges and, and particularly excited even more niche um, with, with the work we're doing with decentralized exchanges inside of L2 um, ecosystems. But, but essentially, if, if you're a project and you sort of said, I, I want to get access to a mainstream audience, uh, you, you would sign up for banks. Uh, um, very, very simple. can be done in about an hour or two hours. Hours and 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 plug us into um, your application the same way you'd imagine plugging in PayPal or Stripe. Um, so we've got a really nice model, and and I think um, DeFi Alpha, you'll be talking a little bit more today about what we've done with uh, Umami Finance to to really push this a lot further. Yeah, absolutely, and and I'm excited to to get into that for sure. Um, and maybe maybe before we do though, you know, we one of the reasons that we exist is because we're very bullish um, on Arbitrum and um, on you know the 
on L2s broadly. And I think, you know, one thing that really impressed us about um, about Banksa and that kind of kicked off our relationship was that you guys um, were really out there sort of proactively reaching out to projects, you know, on Arbitrum. You, you know, that's how um, we got in touch originally. And, you know, I got this strong sense that you guys were, had made a, a committed and, and focused play on the, uh, uh, you know, on the Arbitrum network and on L2s in general. And we're really sort of leading the establishment of sort of direct to L2 fiat crypto on ramps. And, and I'd love just to hear your thoughts on sort of what, what led to that, you know, internal strategic decision on your guys' part. And, you know, what do you see being kind of the, the potential, you know, upside of, of having that sort of, you know, very user-friendly direct route right onto these L2s? That's very exciting to me. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so just to give you a little bit of history, um, Banksa was uh, Banksa was born out of um, a, a play we had at doing B two C directly. So this is going way back to 2012. We actually um, had the the domain names at the time: Bitcoin.com.au.co.uk.co.ca. Um, and uh, you know, so we we obviously built the payment rails so people could come to those websites, and and that was a mainstream audience, and 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 buy Bitcoin. Uh, and what we found over time was that it was getting increasingly difficult to compete with um, the, these massive, really, really well-capitalized, well-funded um, projects like your Binance's and your Coinbase's. Um, and, and so we sort of we had a big think about it. And we said, look, we've, we've done a lot of work to build up local payment rails because we've got the domains across a wide range of geographies. Uh, and that's really not an easy thing to do. That's, there's a lot of uh, sticky and, and tricky work to really be able to accept payments across the world. Um, but, you know, there's a million projects popping up all over the place, particularly this was around 2017, 18 um, in, the, in the centralized exchange space. And, and we thought, you know, like not all of them are going to be able to, to get up and going quickly with the payment rails. They might be making a fantastic exchange, um, but, but you can't do these payment rails overnight. So, so we packaged what we had up into an API, um, took it to market, and it was one of those sort of divine product market fit moments where we sort of signed up, um, you know, 50 great exchanges in, in no short order. Um, and we, we sort of just kept doing what we were doing. We, we, we you know, a, a core tenet of what we really believe in is that crypto is, is for everyone. Um, it, in its first, say, five to 10 years, in, in some ways, it's it's been um, <clears throat> quite a Western-dominated um, field in, in some regards. Um, and so, so we're really passionate about bringing crypto truly worldwide and, and into pockets and places and communities that, um, that that can really get great, great benefits out of it that sometimes we don't realize are benefits living in the West. Um, and then it was really the DeFi summer and, and you know, going into 2021, where we really you were watching very closely what was happening as, as, as the, uh, you know, some might call it the Web3 space emerged. And we realized we've got an even better product market fit here uh, because you know these these projects, it, it's an emergent space. There's a very very long tail of projects. It's growing off in all different directions. Um, but by nature, a lot of these projects are going to be uh, community driven. They're going to be DAOs, um, and and by nature, you know, not being incorporated entities won't have access to these payment systems. But we were we were definitely sure that what would happen with with um, these projects is that people would build stuff that's. Um, just breathtaking. That's that's much better than um, you know what any sort of centralized company could build. So we, we saw a great fit in saying, look, we can bring payment rails to you. We can plug it in. Um, it's it's your application, and and now you've now you really are competitive with you know, any business out there trying to um, offer crypto in a centralized way. Uh, and to us, you know, coming coming into say mid mid to late 2021, um, the layer two movement was just such an obvious thing. Um, you know, when, when you talk about a mainstream audience and, and, and growing your business through payment rails, um, 
you know, you, you can't get around the fact that 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 you know, fifty dollar gas fees are, are absolute deal breakers for a, for a huge majority of the market. Um, and so we we were watching for a long time, very excitedly, what was happening with with the layer two protocols um, and and the work the teams are doing there, and particularly sort of taken away by the Arbitrum team. Um, through, through working with them, we spent a long time talking to them and, and understanding, you know, their design choices and, and how they'd built what they built. Um, it, it was clear they were approaching it in a very professional manner. They were very, very strong technically, strong strategically, um, and, and we sort of took a bet on them and, and said, look, we we. It, it's what they're offering is so obvious. Um, we think it's going to be a bit of a case of the, the product will hit market, um, and and it, and it will work. And it may just take people realizing that there's a whole new world now where you don't have to um, you don't have to do fifty dollar transactions to to get all the good good stuff out of DeFi. Um, and, and then we, we've we've seen the Arbitrum team really um, stick to their guns and, and continue to to build and improve the protocol. Um, and, and you know, of all the layer two protocols. It, it's been a very, very robust one. So, so we're really happy with um, we're really happy with that, and happy to work with teams in, inside the network um, that are looking to, obviously, make make use of what's on offer now. Great. No, that's a that's a great overview, and I think you hit on a lot of you know really exciting points. I mean, one of the things that that we really love about being on Arbitrum and, and that makes us so bullish, uh, you know, and you sort of alluded to this, is that there is this virtuous cycle dynamic where. You know, you mentioned that you know you you were attracted to you know some of the the very robust activity going on on the Arbitrum ecosystem, and then of course you know as you provide this uh, this fiat crypto on ramp functionality, you know I think it certainly validates our thesis that you know TVL on L two chains like Arbitrum you know should continue to expand you know pretty pretty dramatically. Um, Arbitrum's I think you know still when I last checked around three billion in TVL and mainnet is you know hundreds of billions and you know there's no reason to think that we can't see you know multiples of, of expansion of TVL on on Arbitrum and you know again it's as as um, you know projects and, and, and companies like yourself sort of set up you know these these new functionalities that make it so much easier to take advantage of the networks um, you know it really does support um, just kind of continued um, more activity on the network and then, you know, more reasons for people to onboard. And then, you know, of course, with, with your infrastructure, um, you know, much more seamless on-ramping. So, you know, we're, we're definitely um, very, very excited for that. Um, so, you know, I guess one, one thing that, that I'd be curious just to have you sort of elaborate on a little bit more is, is the regulatory aspect. I, I think that one of the things that differentiates you is that, you know, you've really made it such a, a seamless process for projects like us to to set up these these APIs that you've developed, and you know, just start you know immediately on ramping um, you know fiat into you know our our own project tokens, or you know if you're DEX, you know sort of into you know various tokens on the DEX, and you guys are you know clearly abstracting away a lot of layers of complexity involved in kind of linking the TradFi world, which is, you know, so, so he heavily regulated, you know, very complex to break into with DeFi in, in a way that, you know, makes it very easy for DeFi projects to sort of remain decentralized. Um, I'd love to just hear a little bit more about how you do that and sort of what the core pillars of your strategy in that area are. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so our view is that, um, you know, we we needed a model that that really allowed projects to, to to be themselves and to continue doing what they were doing, and and that worked essentially with the environment that existed and didn't seek to change it. 
And so what, what we realized was necessary was we we needed to take a model to market and, and continue to do so, where essentially we, we take on all of the uh, regulatory risk when we work with uh, decentralized entities. And so it's, it's very much um, it's very much that PayPal meets Stripe model where just temporarily when, when you know, users on, a, on, on, an, on an application want to um, pay with fiat and, and access the application with fiat, they'll, they'll temporarily hop over. And, and in that moment, we obviously do everything we need to do um, to be compliant. And, and there's a lot involved with that. Uh, but we do it in a way where it doesn't, it doesn't add any risk whatsoever to the entity itself. Um, and, and, and essentially, you know, from a regulatory perspective, uh, you know, the user uh, is our customer in that moment when they're doing the crypto transaction. Um, and, and so we're quite happy with that model because it sort of allows us to, to continue in our direction, which is providing that um, that service to, to you know decentralized entities, but but not really bring any risk to them and have them able to um, you know re- really seamlessly sort of plug in um, and, and sort of get access to that audience without having to worry about um, you know anything else that comes with that. Um, it is, you know, it's work, um, and I think, you know, that we we're, we're quite happy and passionate by the idea that, you know, we, we do our work, which which is, you know sits very much on that fiat real world regulatory side, um, and we do that and package it up so so that you know companies like Umami and others are able to continue doing what they're doing, which is very much on chain protocol centric work, um, and then we can really meet there in the middle and get the best of both worlds. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I'd like just to quickly introduce, we have uh, Carnation here, who um, is our, our treasury manager and uh, you know, helps innovate a lot of our DeFi products. So, you know, he's been very excited about the, you know, our bank's API integrations. So he'll be, uh, he'll be chiming in, I think, with, with a few questions as well, but just want to give him a proper intro first. Oh, thank you. Um, so one of the things that I've been uh, really happy to see is, um, while moving funds from centralized exchanges, sometimes I really notice that um, the downtimes for some of their uh, withdrawal to L2 um, is uh, quite long and painful. And I haven't really seen that with Bankside, which is like really cool. I was wondering if you can tell me, you know, a little bit about how you are able to maintain such good uptime and liquidity on all these different networks. Absolutely. H- happy to do that. And I'll, I'll talk, um, I guess, with as much depth as I can. Um, with, with Obviously, we have some um, so, some processes in place. Um, you know, we've actually gone ahead and, um, you know, built our own capabilities internally to, to really manage this whole process end-to-end. Uh, and, and we really saw that as necessary because, um, you know, w- we didn't think that the centralized exchanges were necessarily um, – at, at the right place at the right time with what was happening with, with some of these L2 protocols. Um, and so, so we were passionate enough, um, particularly with Arbitrum and, and some of the others, that we would say, Let, let's get there first. Let's obviously use the existing infrastructure that's out there and, and, and the bridges that have been built um, and, and really create a, a market in that and create liquidity there. Um, and so our, our core system is, is, you know, it's well over eight, nine years old at this point. It's very, very robust. Um, and so we were able to obviously um, build on top of that and, and build it in a way where we were able to essentially handle everything end to end ourselves. Um, so that's I'm, I'm happy to hear that, that you, you've not had any uh, mm-hmm. issues with um, Bankster and, and being able to get onto Arbitrum. And we're, we're really proud of that. And it's something we work quite hard for. Yeah, perfect. Thank you for that. And speaking of bridges, you know, like um, I'm a heavy user of DeFi bridges, but um, uh, banks that connects to so much more. So I was wondering, you know, like what type of um, payment systems from the fiat world you typically take? And for example, if a user is trying to 
uh, move funds from one of these uh, fiat payment system rails onto Arbitrum? What types of tokens do they have access to immediately? Yeah, great question. So, so on the fiat side, um, we obviously accept credit card uh, globally. Um, I, I say globally, obviously, there, there's a few exceptions in, in countries we, we can't accept, but but all the major countries, um, we accept credit card. Uh, but where, where we really pride ourselves on is our, our ability to provide access to these local payment methods. And, and we're particularly strong in, in the Asia-Pacific region, um, particularly Australia with a lot of the local payment methods here uh, and in Europe with, with SEPA and, uh, and other payment methods. Um, and we've got some in the US as well. And so that, that's, it's an area we can continue to, um, to build towards and, and provide access to. But we really see local payments as, as, as you know, really meeting L2 in this nice, beautiful way. Um, and we see them as a really good match for each other. Hmm. All right. Um, my second part of the question is, for example, to onboard to Arbitrum, what are the token selections that the users can um, load up their wallets with? I know ETH is probably one of the main ones. Yes, yes. So this time we're supporting ETH and, and USDC. Um, and our view there is that we, we want to do a really, really good job of supporting these these, these base tokens um, because we didn't see as much friction in, in the journey for a user once they're inside the network to get across to another one. There's, I think there's a really good set of infrastructure out there on Arbitrum to, um, to, to get through onto other tokens once, once you're there with either ETH or, or USDC. Um, so so we've, we've gone with that for now and we're, we're quite happy with that. Oh, gotcha. Um, so one of the little curiosities, I guess, is um, if I'm trying to load up a new wallet with mostly USDC, does Bangsa give me a little bit of ETH gas to start with? That's a great question. Um, we no, we don't. We don't subsidize the gas at the moment. Um, we 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 compute it, and so we give a very fair pricing and and very um very open pricing about what we're doing. But we we essentially um yeah we compute it and and take the gas out of the fee. Gotcha. Um, and uh, another fun question. So um, Banksa maintains, you know, a pretty wide uh, range of liquidity networks, I guess, across all these different chains. So would, um, you know, a possible future direction to be sort of doing cross-chain moving just purely in the DeFi space of various tokens? That is a great question. Um, we, we're very, very interested in, in the world of bridging, um, particularly cross-chain. Um, I, I think some of the stuff that's happening there is is probably the most innovative thing happening in crypto right now. So, so we are actually actively in in pretty good talks with with a lot of the major teams, uh, doing bridging, doing cross chain work. Uh, what role we take there, we're we're, we're thinking through, and we're going to take our time on it. Um, you know, I, I think you know if you play it out long enough, um, you know, we are going to enter a world where a lot of the, the movement between uh, different different networks with different tokens is somewhat abstracted for the user, which means we're going to need a really strong set of um, players and infrastructure in that space. Um, it, the space does bring risk, though. Um, and as we've seen recently with the, with the Ronin um, incident, you know, it needs to be approached quite carefully. Um, so, so we're obviously, you know, first and foremost concerned with security um, and, 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 you know, holding up our end of the bargain with our users. So, so we are approaching this space somewhat carefully, but very interested in it. Great. And I, one other thing that I would just love to, to hear your thoughts on, um, Merkle Crab, um, DeFi Alpha speaking out, but, um, you know, you mentioned earlier sort of your, your vision of, of onboarding a billion people and, and reaching, you know, a population that, you know, goes beyond sort of the Western world, you know, and, and, you know, it's inclusive of, you know, pretty much, pretty much everyone given, you know, the potential, um, 
you know, the, the potential scale of benefits available to, to all kinds of people from crypto. I'm, I'm curious, sort of, as you, you know, build out this infrastructure and you sort of observe usage patterns for your fiat crypto on-ramps, do you guys have a view of, of sort of what you, who you see as being kind of the next group of adopters of crypto, how they differ from sort of the, the people who are already kind of quite, you know, blockchain savvy and, you know, have MetaMask wallets set up and, you know, know, you know, know how to, how to take advantage of, you know, different opportunities on different chains. It feels like, you know, there does need, we still have not hit that mass adoption inflection point. And I'm very curious, you know, what, what you see as the characteristics of, you know, maybe not even the next billion, but the next hundred million, the, the people who are on the cusp, you know, and might be taking advantage, you know, of these, these, these on-ramps, you know, as, as projects are, are adding your, your API uh, to their interface. Another great question. Um, I think there's, I think there's probably three groups that, that are particularly interesting. Um, the first one, which is, which I think is largely happening now, but it's, it's, it's the group of people that are called, you know, financial self-determinists. Um, and that, that's, you know, I know people talk a lot about, um, you know, your finance bros coming into crypto, which would just certainly happened already and is continuing to happen. But I, I think that group extends well beyond, uh, you know, a certain sort of um, stereotype of people. And I think particularly in, in millennials and Generation Z, we're seeing the rise of a lot more financial self-determinism. So I, I think broadly, you know, the, the DeFi story is just getting started. And I think we're going to see um, a new cohort coming in. Um, you know, this year in particular, that that's that's obviously part of that retail trading phenomenon, um, and are now saying, look, there's there's much more interesting things happening going on in DeFi, and I think it's a case of of the penny dropping for a few of them when they realise, um, you know, what this world is compared to what the world outside of it is. Uh, the the second one, which which again is is already a major narrative, but I, I don't think has happened yet, is is gaming. Um, you know, there, there is such an obvious connection point between particularly what's happening in the NFT space with, with gaming. I just don't think the model has arrived yet and, and no one's nailed it in a way that really connects those two cultures. We've obviously seen, a, you know, a, a range of um, backlashes against uh, major publishers trying to build in NFTs for their users. Um, and, I, and I think that's more than anything a, a kind of a misfiring on many of their parts um, culturally and, and it, you know, creating something that that um, really hits home with with their users in a way that makes them want to and, and want to go ahead and use crypto. Uh, it, it's inevitable and it's going to come because you know it's 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 a, it's a played out story. But you know, any game sort of nowadays, its success really lies in that network effect. Um, and, 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 you know, that network effect, the value there is generated by the gamers themselves. Um, there's immense IP that gets generated in the form of, obviously, uh, interactions, but but even memes and, and, and cultural phenomena that comes out of games. Um, and so, so the idea that the, the gamers can now, um, you know, if the model comes right, that gamers can actually um, earn through this and, and benefit from the value they're creating is, is such an obvious one. I think we're just waiting on the model. Um my, my view is that it will happen this year um, and we'll be off to the races. But but I think that's another really obvious one because there is such an obvious overlap of cultures. Uh, and, th and then the final one, which, which uh, you know, we're sure is going to happen, but it's, it's hard to tell when, um, is, is social. And I think that's, um, in a way, you know, potentially the biggest, um, the biggest kind of, uh, you know, mass adoption on ramp that could come. Um, and I, I think, you know, we're definitely at a point in society where you know, people are sort of yearning out for a new social network um, or, or a, new few, a new set of options for social. 
and um, <clears throat> you know, I think the the, the POAPS team in particular, and 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 Ave with their lens protocol, are doing some very very interesting work. But we're we're sort of right at this right at the bottom layer at, at this time with with all of that. We we probably need um, you know a bit of UX innovation and a, and a, a few projects to spin up to um to, to really see the use case there. But I, I think we're probably a lot closer to that one than than we realize we are. That's a that's a great um, that's a great way to break it down, and you know at least from from our vantage point, it feels like you know that first group, right? That sort of uh, financial self determination um, group, you know, sort of millennials and you know just sort of a younger demographic, um, but a pretty broad group of people. Feels to me like that you know that onboarding process is already taking place. Um, that's sort of what it looks like from from our vantage point, and as you said. It feels like the the infrastructure, um, you know, and the potential with GameFi, you know, is there. And to your point, it might just be a matter of of the right use case and model to to cause that to really kick off. And then I agree that you know, social is it, it's it's clear that that infrastructure is being built now, and it's it's just a matter of time before we start to see adoption. So it you know that that makes a lot of sense to me in terms of sort of uh, a timeline for kind of immediate on-ramping. I, I would be very curious um, just from your your work, you know, here on Arbitrum as, as well as other L2s, um, but, you know, maybe maybe we'll focus on Arbitrum because I think a lot of people listening, um, you know, are are on that network. Can you kind of give, an, give a sense of sort of what uptake of your, um, your APIs looks like um, on this network? What sorts of projects are, are integrating? Um, your fiat crypto on ramps and kind of the the the, the pace of adoption because I I know that you guys have been you know really doing a lot of great outreach and you know being very accessible and, and supportive and kind of curious to see the pace at which um, L twos are kind of embracing this this new capability that you're bringing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll, I'll start probably at the at the widest spectrum, which is. Um, I guess the the adoption by by Web three um, applications and projects, which has been tremendous and and, and fast, um, so that's quite exciting. We have we have ongoing discussions with um, you know more people than you could imagine, more projects that you can imagine. It's it's I think we're sort of um, we're at that point where there's particularly the the projects that have been around for some time and, and really built a community up. It's it's a logical next step to add um, those fiat payment rails to tap into a larger audience. Um, c- coming into the L2 space, um, you know, it's it's a mix at the moment between um, you know, projects that that existed prior to the rise of L2 and are now looking to to move over um, and to add capability there. So we've got a lot of interest from from some really some really great uh, blue chips um, looking to do that, and I think that that sort of validates to us how exciting this space is. Um, but then I guess within within um, within I guess the new new project category, it's really it definitely is DeFi and, and particularly decentralized exchanges leading the charge um, in the space right now. I think there's just there's such an obvious and natural fit um, between you know the, the the model that's that's proved to work really well for um, for, for DEXs, um, you know much lower gas fees, and then tapping into that um, tapping into those fiat rails to really go mainstream. Um, I think what we're seeing as well is, particularly in the L2 space, is a range of projects that are sort of stepping up that aggregation layer of DeFi, like Umami does, um, and really saying, "Cool, there's there's a triad of things at play here." Um, you know, we, we have a lot of the the the, the community buy-in and infrastructure for DeFi that that's proven itself over the last few years. Um, we're now going to you know build something that's you know more aggregated on the top um, and provides a, a better user experience than what we're used to. Um, we're doing that on layer two, where the gas fees are, are obviously much lower. 
and coupled with that, we're, we're, we're tapping into that fiat payment networks. Um, so I, th I think it's those three things coming together, which we're seeing a lot of. Um, more recently, what we're seeing a lot of too is, is a huge amount of interest from NFT platforms. Um, you know, I, th I think that's, um, that, that's been another really exciting story over the last two years, the, the rise of um, NFTs. And I think, you know, we are just getting started with that one. We're sort of seeing the, the NFT's first use case, which is the digital art market. Um, but there's, there's you know, an amazing amount of projects out there building, building things well beyond that. Um, and that, that's a really obvious one that, that sort of taps into that mainstream psyche and is quite, quite easy to understand from a, from a consumer's point of view that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm spending money on something and, and at least this is what I'm getting. I, I can usually see it. Um, so, so we're getting a huge amount of interest from from NFT platforms at the moment, particularly ones that are um, that are really pioneering now and then starting on these layer two networks. Perfect. That is so awesome. Um, there's one point I want to circle back to, you know, like about the future of how to onboard most of the world and have them benefit from, you know, the innovations of DeFi. And one of the things that I really love about DeFi is the wide range of yield opportunities. And so I was wondering, you know, like we can speculate a little bit about, you know, what the future uh, middle meeting ground between, for example, Bankset and Umami might look like. How do we deliver the best in class yield to the masses? That's a great question. Um, who, who's best to answer that? Is that that, uh, that yourself, DeFi Alpha, or myself first? I, I'd love to hear your perspective, and then we can we can chime in a little bit with our perspective too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, I get. I, I keep using this phrase, but I, I just think it is a, a perfect match. I think um, between between it, there's, there's a third party in there also, which which you've talked about before. There's there's ourselves, which is really opening the I guess the gateway to that mainstream audience. Um, you know, projects like Umami have, have obviously a fantastic financial product and 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 product at large um, around the financial product. Uh, and then there is this emergent space of of bridging and and you know in, into network connecting and and sort of swapping, which is really playing out very interestingly and we, we you know we, we're really happy to see and, and really passionate about the rise of this this layer of bridging as an infrastructure layer and, and for projects like Amami and banks to, to meet somewhere on top of or, or around or between that space um, to, to really abstract away those just you know those clicks and that confusion between getting from one place to another ultimately you know when a user comes to Amami you know what they want is the financial product. Um, at, at this time, obviously, there's there's steps to get there, um, and and between ourselves, you know, opening the doors, uh, Amami's great great UX and application layer, and then and then this this you know this bridging layer, um, which we're very interested in. We think you know the models are very short to arrive um, of something that essentially you know all of our parents can can quite easily get in and do um, in a way that they understand. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's very well put, and you know, I think we're we're thinking about a lot of the same things, you know, on our end, just kind of at a, at a different point in that chain. I mean, I think that what uh, what makes what made us so excited about Banksa is, you know, I think that we we share this this thesis that you know there is that we really have not hit mass adoption yet, and that um, sort of to your earlier point. The early, you know, I wouldn't say early adopters are already here, but but the first group of, of people who come in from that, you know, next billion, the the early mass adopters, I think, are going to largely be, you know, initially these these people who are um, looking to participate in DeFi, and you know, there are some other areas as well, as you said, but I think DeFi is going to be a major draw, um, and we're we're looking at you know a, a probably overall sort of younger people, um, fairly. 
financially savvy and, and you know, web savvy, but maybe not at all familiar with operating on blockchain. And I think that there's an enormous opportunity to really take a lot of the, the core innovations that DeFi has already realized um, in terms of getting rid of, you know, centralized financial intermediaries and thereby, you know, providing much higher returns on on assets, um, as well as just, you know, a lot more flexibility and agency over, you know, how people, you know, go about um, generating, you know, wealth for themselves and um, and generating yield and, and packaging it in a way that is a little bit more user friendly. You talked about sort of abstracting away a lot of complexities. And, you know, I think Banksa does, you know, an excellent job of that, you know, from, you know, in, from the on-ramping um, perspective. And I think that there's still work to be done, um, you know, just in terms of the actual user experience of being, you know, on a DeFi app and, you know, figuring out, okay, so what are these tokens? What's the value proposition here? Is this, is this safe? What's the risk re reward pro, you know, profile? And, you know, what, how do I get exposure to this thing called crypto or, you know, a subset within crypto, um, you know, that I know is going to take off, but, you know, is, is very complex. And I think, you know, very much Umami's thesis is that, that we can, we can, we can play a role in abstracting away just a lot of those complexities. And then when you merge that, you know, with, as you said, you know, increasingly seamless, you know, bridging capabilities. And we actually also have a partnership with, uh, with Socket. And I think you guys, you know, work closely with them as well, but they're really handling, you know, abstracting away those complexities of bridging um, from one chain to another. And then you add to that, you know, banks and its fiat, fiat crypto on-ramping capabilities, you're moving in the direction of a fundamentally, you know, simpler uh, and much more user-friendly experience um, in terms of being able to enter the DeFi ecosystem than, you know, what's what's been available so far. And, and again, I think what's so, you know, at times frustrating, but also exciting is that, you know, these, these core functionalities now, um, you know, whether we're talking about the fiat crypto on-ramping, whether, whether we're talking about bridging or just, you know, various, you know, ways to, to get exposure to, to yield on DeFi, they all exist, right? But it is just about kind of, you know, bringing everything together um, in this, you know, more seamless way um, that can kind of, you know, trigger, allow us to hit that inflection point where mass adoption really, you know, starts taking off and, and gains its own momentum. So, yeah, I mean, I think from Umami's perspective, you know, working with with banks, it was it was it was a, a need that we had um, that had been top of mind. And you know, you guys obviously have been very active and reached out to us, and it was very aligned with with our strategy. Um, and so I think that really speaks to sort of what you guys have built and the fact that it was so plug and play. That the regulatory compliance element was built in, and you know, not something that we had to worry about at all. We really just focused on, you know, the, the API integration itself into our front end was was fantastic. And again, it was, you know, a plug and play into our existing strategy of onboarding, you know, that that next group of users, um, you know, from uh, potential mass adopters into DeFi. So yeah, that was, that's sort of, uh, that that was our experience, and you know, I, I don't know if you have any other any other sort of comments you want to share, Merkle Crab. But if not, you know, I'd love to just sort of open it up to questions from the audience. Yeah, happy to hear from the audience.
right, let's do it. Um, does anyone anyone have questions that they want to share? I, I should flag um, that for those of you who are in the Umami community, we have a tab called AMA Questions and Chat um, that anyone um, you know is able to hop into. It's in our it's in our general category on our Discord. So that's a place where people can drop questions by text or just feel free to ask something right here on the spaces. Um, so I'll, I'll open it up now and really look forward to it. Looks like uh, JD Tiger will be hopping on. Um, how are you doing? Doing good, guys. How are you guys doing? Really good. Yeah. Can't. Uh, what, what's on your mind? So, um, you know, I, I obviously have my opinions on uh, this type of news, um, on, on how I believe that this will add uh, a lot of value to not only Arbitrum, but Umami. Um, but I'd love to just, in a very simplistic way, um, either from, you know, the Banksa team or the Umami, Umami team, uh, just to talk about what you think the, the biggest value add um, that Banksa provides, um, just in terms of long-term value that it'll provide to the Umami, uh, the Umami uh, DeFi process as well as Arbitrum. And I'll leave it there, if that's okay. Yeah, that's a yeah. great question. Um, maybe I'll shoot first, and then I'd love to hear uh, you know Merkle Crab's comments as well. Um, sort of two separate questions. So the first is is Umami, and I can say that you know because of our position within the Arbitrum ecosystem, I think that there's you know an especially significant um, value add for us from Bankso, which is you know that we see ourselves as playing this role in onboarding new users to Arbitrum. You know, we we think there's going to be a wave of TBL coming onto the network and we want to position Umami to sort of both benefit from that, um, but also catalyze it, right? We, we want to do that by being user-friendly in every way. Um, one of those ways is making the process of on-ramping to Arbitrum very easy. And, you know, that's where the socket APIs come in so that people from other chains can just instantly um, bridge over to Arbitrum um, in, in a completely, you know, in a single transaction. And that's also where, where Banksa fits in. And, you know, I, I think to just add to that slightly, we, we think that sort of a, the, the right type of DeFi product, and that's what we hope we're building here at Arbitrum or here, here at Umami on Arbitrum, the right type of DeFi product really should have the capacity to draw someone who is maybe on the edge of getting into crypto, um, you know, over the edge so that they say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to take some assets from my fiat account or, you know, my Robinhood or, or what have you. And, you know, ape into this project on on the Arbitrum network. And, you know, that, that'll be my first play in crypto because I, I can understand it and it's user friendly and it, I feel safe and comfortable with it. And, and so for a project such as ours that really wants to capture that kind of marginal user, um, someone who is not on-chain yet, but very easily could be, it's really hard to, to understate the value of banks. I'm not sure that we even could fully realize our strategy without, you know, that capability. And again, the fact that, you know, we have this, this goal of, you know, being a wholly decentralized on-chain project as we are. But having some of that user friendliness that you, you know, might associate with a more centralized project like a, like a centralized exchange, um, you know, it, we really needed that a special type of solution um, that would, you know, abstract away the difficulty of, of regulatory compliance um, because we, we still are this small, nimble, you know, decentralized project where we don't have a legal team. Um, 
that's not our our special that's not our area of, of specialization so the fact that banksa had solved that for us and had a plug and play um just made it all the more appealing so that's that's my view um and i think you know i'll i'll let i'll let merkel krebs speak to sort of the broader impact on on arbitrum um but yeah i'd love to hear your thoughts on on jd tiger's questions merkel krebs yeah, yeah, great question, JD Tiger. Um, I think to distill it down to, to one word, it's it is accessibility. Um, you know, because there's always this question of when when will crypto go mainstream or when will DeFi go mainstream? And and you know, in many ways, one could argue it already is. You can't walk around LA at this time without you know seeing a crypto ad or seeing something on TV about it every 15 minutes and, and seeing the crypto.com stadium. Uh, we we're really of the view that we're sort of in 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 the era of about where the internet was in say 1996, seven or eight. Um, and that, you know, really it is mainstream and it's, it's, you know, very active point of discussion around the world. It's just not fully diffused yet. Uh, and, and that will come and, and depending on what, what sort of your thesis is, it might be a short time horizon or a long one. Um, but, but, you know, at this point there's a, there's a whole lot of people and, and probably more people than a lot of, a lot of us realize that, that have heard about DeFi and, you know, it's an exciting concept, um, decentralized finance. It's, you know, if you think about it and take a step back, it's a very cool sounding phrase. Um, so, so certainly in, in my network outside of crypto, most people have heard about DeFi and are asking me questions about DeFi. Um, but, but there's still a huge amount of friction in getting there. Um, if you imagine the, you know, all our own journeys into DeFi for the first time, um, you know, we probably forget how, how much of a, a fiddle it actually was and how much accumulated knowledge we had about interacting with a, a set of different um, apps online to, to, to really get there. And so, you know, if you if you imagine this this marginal audience sort of saying, okay, now's the time, tonight's the night, I'm finally going to do it. Uh, I've heard enough about it. I'm, I'm going to do something in DeFi. I'm going to put some money in it. Um, you know, what a lot of this audience will do is they'll look for a way in and, and you know, they might find themselves on a 10-step on a list and, and say, well, it's a bit much. Um, you know, they'll find their way, I, we believe, to, to applications that can readily do it in a way that they already understand. Um, and, you know, when it comes to money, there's, there's nothing more understandable than, than the existing payment rails. And, and so that the projects and the applications that have access to that, it, it does a few things. One, one, it removes that friction, but two, it also brings a lot of trust you know, just seeing um, seeing different projects that actually sort of have that access and have a way to securely pay that's not sort of um, completely crypto native is, is a real big trust builder. And so, so it's just it's that marginal audience that immediately Amami um, um, will get access to and out of, out of the projects through Arbitrum. Um, but at the same time, you know, crypt, crypto does come in waves and, and DeFi does does come in waves too. We've, we've already seen arguably two major ones. Um, you know, our view is we are just getting started in DeFi and, and we're going to have many, many more waves ahead. Um, and so when that wave comes, uh, you know, Amami and, and together with Banksa and then some of our other partners around town um, in the Arbitrum ecosystem will, will be there ready waiting, um, you know, with a, with a highly accessible route into the market um, and, and, and into the network and into the community, which, which we're really excited about. That's great. Thanks, Michael Crab. Uh, JD Tiger, did you have any other questions? I actually do. I've got a, a follow-up question for uh, Merkel, if, if he wouldn't mind. Um, and it's okay if you, you don't want to answer this question, but... Um, what does that advertising process or even strategy uh, look like for uh, Banksa that um, they're taking currently or in the future to try to reach that marginal uh, wannabe DeFi investor um, that we've uh, we've definitely talked about? And I'll leave it at that. That that's a great question, JD Tiger, and I'll I'll talk to it where where we can. Um, 
so, so, so banks are really, you know, I'll come back to that, that phrase I use of what we are, which is plug and play. Um, you know, we, we take the view and our, 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 um, our thesis is and what we're excited about is, is the rise of, of, you know, applications on top of applications on top of applications, you know, building a way rapidly to, 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 you know, create the best financial products in the world and create the best user experiences in the world in crypto. Um, and, you know, I think a really good, um, a really good framing that uh, that the Reddit co-founder used recently was that it's 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 like the return of the open source movement, but but this time for real um, and, and and really actually working. So so you know if you, if you look at those dynamics over any sort of time horizon, um, you know it's what will get built via the open source movement and via I guess what they call money Legos or the interoperability of of all things um, crypto is they're going to be superior financial products and, and superior products at large. Uh, Bank Banks's view and is is that you know we really want to provide that 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 bridge between the 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 real world and and the crypto world and and really nail that underlying service for these projects um, and so so as far as sort of consumer orientation goes um, you know we, we we really don't want to get in the way of of Umami's customers when 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 someone comes to Umami and they're a mainstream audience member and they want to they want to get into the into the community and get access to these financial products um, you know from 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 a really from a um, from a user journey point of view, you know, our view is that the best thing we can do is is actually get out of the way, and and actually, you know, give those rails and and, and let it happen inside the Umami experience, but but get out of the way for the user and, and let the user be Umami's customer essentially. Um, and and so, you know, our, our view on that is our, our route to market um, is is through a wide range of merchants, and and you know, every merchant that we add um, obviously builds trust into the ecosystem, and and you know, we really don't play favorites with um with with really any partners out there. In the world, we, we we work with a lot of blue chip crypto companies, but but also blue chip blue chip companies increasingly. Um, and so so you know we 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 believe that you know every every experience a user has where banks is an option, it really builds that trust. And I think you could really imagine the PayPal model as, as somewhat similar to that. Um, so that that's largely our route to market at the moment is is through um, through a range of other merchants. So if you if you imagine a um, a, uh, a user of Amami for the first time um, comes on. Um, there's a good chance they would have seen us on on Binance, where where we already are, or on KuCoin before, um, and and that really brings a level of trust directly to Amami, who also has Banks as an option now. Great, that's really helpful, and um, I think we're getting close to the uh, the end of our hour. But does anyone else, um, well, for I mean JD Tiger or anyone else in the you know who is listening right now, have any other questions? Nope, that's that's it for me. Appreciate it, guys. Great. Thanks. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, so I'll give a, a minute here. If anyone else wants to, to follow up with anything, um, feel free to fire away. All right. Well, um, Merkel, anything anything you want to add um, on your end? We really appreciate you you hopping on. I think it's just been a, been a great conversation. A lot of really interesting uh, insights that you've shared. Oh, thank, thanks for having having us today, um, DeFi. It's been, been a great one. I really appreciate it. And we're super excited to see the, the, the rise of Amami and, and what, what comes next. Um, yeah. It's a fantastic product and, and we're glad to be a part of it now and, and to really help out there. Um, yeah, as always, you know, like I said earlier, we, we don't we don't you know usually pick favorites with with projects, and we, we're just super fascinated by everything happening in the market right now. So um, 
you know, feel, please feel free to uh, to connect through to the Banksa team. Um, anyone out there that's, that's building the next great project and really sees Fiat Fiat Ramps as um, part of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the way that we look at it is that, you know, we, we would encourage, you know, everyone on Arbitrum to adopt Banksa because I think, you know, the more people that, you know, you guys help sort of seamlessly on-ramp to the network, so the better off the entire ecosystem is. So, yeah, it's been great working with you guys and, you know, I want to thank everyone here who's been listening. Please uh, stay tuned. We're going to have... Um, our banks integration up um, you know very soon uh, I think tomorrow uh, morning Eastern Standard Time it'll be live um, so so stay tuned and uh, thanks again for joining thanks everyone